0: I want to recognize uh, all the fathers in the building. Would you stand, please? Every father in the building, would you stand? Grandfathers, Noli, I'm ringing, I'm ringing. Stay standing, stay standing. We want to honor you today. Matter of fact, we have a gift for you. We have a gift for you that we want to give out, so keep standing. And uh, while you're standing, I want to honor my dad today, who's here. I'm so thankful. We call him the bishop. He's the bishop of this house. And dad, I'm, I'm, I woke up grateful that I get to celebrate you another year. And I thank God that you're here with here, us here today. because. None of us would be here if it weren't for you, so we are so grateful, and I love you. Almost 85 years young, be next month, amen? So we honor you, and I honor you, Dad. Thank you, because everything I know, I learned from you, and uh, I'm grateful for that today, and I I can say I had the greatest debt that anyone could ever ask for. So I love you. Amen. How are we doing? How are we doing on the gifts? All right, I'm going to allow you to be seated, but keep your hand raised. We want to, we want to make sure that you get a gift. Now today, it's going to be a little bit different. As you can tell, I've been joined by some handsome young men up here. Yeah, that's some great men. Peter Rancheran, we got David Garcia, come on. Shane Terry, and everybody knows the Frank Galvanine. We call him Galvanized, that's why I said Galvanine. Frank Galvan, if you've met him, him, we say you've been Galvanized. But uh, grateful to have them, and uh, I was going to say about my dad, you know, one thing about uh, becoming, you know, when he turned 80, I said a few things about seniors, because seniors, you know, they have their own texting code now. Did y'all know that? LOL stands for living on Lipitor. So you don't understand that until you get my age. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, B-Y-O-T, bring your own teeth, you know. We got to lighten it up in here, y'all. CBM, covered by Medicare. I told you, they got their own language. I got a few more. F-W-I-W, forgot where I was. My mom's going, yep, 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 yep. Uh, FYI, found my insulin. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) oh man, thought I'd make you laugh. But here's the thing, I I brought these young men, I asked them to join me on stage today um, because they each have their own story. And rather than me, we've been preaching on parenting the last four weeks, and I think you've had enough of parenting series for now. But I wanted to hear from them and hear their role because fatherhood is so important. Amen. Amen. Matter of fact, we're living in a nation that's in a, a, a crisis without fathers. I, I read a statistic this week that there are over 18 million kids without a father. Just let, that's a staggering amount. And uh, can you imagine, though, the problems it would solve? if every kid had a loving father in the household Amen. a lot of the things that we're seeing happen in our society today is because there hasn't been a fatherly role in the household and so i just want to say to all you dads today you matter exactly. you matter matter of fact i don't know if they've got this but they there's something i asked them to put up on the screens uh It's not necessarily about fathers, but yet it is, and maybe they'll get that for me uh, here in a minute. There it is. There's something Abe Lincoln said. He said, in the end, it's not the years in your life that count. It's the life in your years. And I just want to say, live every day as, as if it matters. Live every day. I mean, I've learned that in my own life in the past several months even with my wife woke up thinking you know what because you think life's just going to keep going and even my wife looked at me one day in the hospital and she said I'm going to live my life different from this day forward I mean not that she hadn't lived a great life but she said I'm going to do things that I've been wanting to do and make them count because I don't know how many more days God's going to give me And I say that to every father. I think they said on the average a father spends seven minutes a day, if even that, with his kids. That's a staggering uh, number when you think about it. So we're here today. I got these gentlemen up here, and um, I've asked them to join me, and we're just going to let the Holy Spirit lead us. Is that okay? So I'm going to ask them to kind of tell their story, maybe about their father's. The impact that they had on them—the good, the bad, and the ugly—but I'm going to start out with Mr. Shane Terry. Won't you tell us about Mr. Yeah? Welcome, Shane Terry. Here. Hello. Give <laughs> me.
1: Give me. Yeah.
2: Hello, everyone. Well, my name is Shane Terry. Um, you know, my relationship with—I I was actually blessed to have two great fathers. I had a, a my, my biological father, and uh, I have a stepfather. Um, my parents were married, they divorced early, and um, I had a stepfather that stepped in, um, me and my sister and my brother. I'm, I'm the baby of the family, so y'all, y'all know I'm special. So, <laughs> so, extremely special, y'all all know. But, um, you know, I had two great male role models growing up. Um, you know, my dad, my biological father was always there for me. Uh, we lived in Nebraska, but my dad lived here in Texas, in Houston, actually, and just so happened that um, my parents, my my mom and my stepfather, were transitioned here with Enron. And, um, you know, just so happened we moved to Texas. I used to fly to Houston just to be, spend summers with my dad. Uh, my dad, he was a Marine, and he taught me a lot. Um, he's always just been that, that guy that I can always count on no matter what, uh, my stepfather, uh, we gave him, I ain't gonna say what we gave him, but we, we were a little rough on him at first, but um, we we really, we, we he's always showed me the positive male role model. He's always got up, he always got up and went to work. He showed me so many things, you know, that being a, a real man is all about. Um, being my my father, being a man of God. A lot of people think that praying or you know, uh, worshiping God is not a manly thing, um, and he showed me that it's okay to, to pray. It's okay. I mean, I remember I got my my um, sense of humor from my dad. You know, I think about being in going to the mall and my dad, Mama, don't let your baby grow up to be a cowboy. <laughs>
3: You know Uh, just funny stuff
2: real fun and just you know i I just had a really great father uh, father figures in my life and that's just something that i've always wanted to make sure i had with with my children and my wife um, of my wife of nancy of 25 years and my son maddie and bam and maddie i'm so happy she's here she surprised me today she attends another church so i'm just really happy to see that
0: awesome what are some values that just give us a couple that, that have stuck with you that you've passed on.
2: Just some of the values is, is take care of your family. Um, you don't, you can be a man, you could be, how do I say it, you, can, you don't have to be a, a fist. <laughs> you don't have to rule by, by force, you know. I know a lot of times, and I, I think it is a lot of times, you know. If, if there's a, something going on in my house and my son's like, oh, I'm about to get it, and I go in a totally different way, and I'm like, so tell me what's up, man, you know? And he's not expecting that. He's expecting me to be yeah. And I'm not. Sometimes I can be, but I'm not. <laughs> you got um, witnesses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, it's <laughs> the value of just really taking care of my family, being the head of the household, being a spiritual head of the there household. There you go. And, um, I don't talk know about that. Hey, I'm Shane, talk,
0: talk about that for a minute. Like when you say I'm the spiritual leader or of your household, mm-hmm. what are some things that you feel like you've passed on to your kids?
2: Well, we pray. Um, I think some of the things that, uh, spiritually, you know, my daughter's the one that got me to go into church. So I can't say, I can't Come sit on, up here and say that it's, it's all, um, you know, but just sit down to have dinner. All of us you know we grew up that's now we're they're older and we're bigger but we all sat down and had dinner we all sat down and talked we all sat down and watched the Bernie Mac show and watched TV so I mean we all just did had family time um, and you know we started them out in church we started them out in, in uh, at a church and we kind of lost touch with the church and um, I think that over time, my daughter was like, "Well, well y'all, y'all aren't going. Y'all getting up going to the gym on Sunday. I'm going to church, you know." And she invited us, and and we went, and so, and and loved it. And then we found this church, um, and you know, she's still at the church that she's at because I didn't want to uproot her from something that was really feeding her spiritually. So, um, it just wasn't my place to do, but. You know hopefully that answered your question
0: yeah no that's (laughs) good that's good i'm gonna move right on down the line david talk to us a little about i know we we talked a little bit this week and um, about your story so tell us about that
3: so uh me growing up uh i had two it's funny he says that i had two uh, male role role models in my life my father, uh, he grew up without a dad. His dad was actually murdered when he was very young. So he would always tell me, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm figuring this out, so I'm not going to be the best dad. Uh, but, you know, uh, a lot of the skills I learned, a lot of the uh, life lessons as far as being competitive, uh, you know, don't quit, uh, tough guy, macho stuff, that was my dad. Now, the other side was my grandfather. He was very spiritual. Uh, you go over there we're going to church you know three or four times during the week uh, and uh, he was more uh, disciplined and uh, you know just uh, we're gonna go out in the. he had a he had a place out in harwood texas and he would take me out there and we're gonna do some work you know you're gonna you're gonna cut some grass you're gonna cut some wood and you know i, I learned a lot of those like work ethic from my grandfather so i had two Strong male, male role models in my life. Uh, with my father, it was a little growing up. the it was a little tension sometimes. I, you know, all the way up until growing up. I mean, I finally was out of the house, and um, you know, I was stationed uh, in Hawaii at the time, so I was on my own, feeling like I was making my own way. And uh, you know, sometimes we get into little not arguments, but just uh, differences over the phone. And you know, I thought I was growing up. and mean. Let him know, you know, I know what I'm talking about or whatever. And after I got off the phone, uh, I knew I was, you know, kind of being disrespectful and that's not the way I was brought up. And, uh, you know, something just came over me like, you know, he's not always going to be around. You know, you kind of take that, that that relationship for granted. And he would, you know, try to give me advice. And I'm like, okay, dad, you know, you you used to tell me you didn't know everything. Now you're trying to tell me you know everything. So which one is it, you know? But, uh, Anyway, so after I got the phone, you know, I had that uh, experience, and it's just like, man, I need to take advantage of the time that I have with him. So our relationship is, is wonderful now. I mean, we, we play golf together. We spend a lot of good time together talking. He's, he's a really good uh, uh, person for me to vent to about everything. Uh, my grandfather's passed on, but uh, he left a legacy with me uh, that I want to, you know, follow along with uh, with my children as far as, you know, he said that the spiritual leader. Uh, it's kind of taking me a while to, to get in that area, but I, I feel like I'm, I'm I'm doing the right things and, and, and going the right direction. I have, you know wonderful leadership by Frank and PJ that you know I, I ask things to and advice and, and they're helping me. Uh, but um, so that's that's me and my that's mind, good. my story.
0: That's good, Mr. Peter. Yes,
4: sir. Well, mine is a little different. I was
1: born in. Police.
0: Hold your microphone. I was born in
4: Belize when I was 18, out of high school. Straight out of high school, summer of high school. I uh, lived there for 25 years, and we moved to Texas. This is where everything changed. We, we, we went around looking for a church, a home church for a year, until we found this one, and we got stuck with this one. Your
0: you got stuck with this one? <laughs> Thank you, Peter. Yeah. I appreciate that.
4: <laughs> You're your mom. This was our church. And ever since we've we been coming to this church, loving it. And uh, back up a little, my, my dad was Seventh day Adventist. We changed to, to just regular Christian faith now. And um, I have my three boys. Uh, Jeremy's 18, my, I mean 28, Matthew's 23, and Sean's 24. Two of them are married. Um, Jordan and Jasmine, you guys know. And one grandson, Bill, uh, Grayson, and my wife, you know, and we've been Christian all along, and we try to be an example as my dad brought us up to, to be, and really strong in the faith. And when we don't come to church, we miss it. It's like part of our, our life now. So.
0: Well, I, one of the things that I, that you guys have been, I've seen you faithful to church. Right. And, um, all of you. and I've seen the difference that that makes. Just the simple uh, commitment to being faithful to God's house, because that so, shows even you're you're being faithful in your walk with God. You're you're striving, because we we need God every day as men. I know that's for sure. But well, you have some fine children. All of you do. I, I, all of you have some fine kids. David, you I think you got probably the most. How many kids you got? Every time I turn around, Uh, his his poor wife, I'm like, every time I turn around, you have another baby.
3: (laughs) Hey, she can't keep her hands off me. What do you you want me to do?
0: (laughs) You must love her. (laughs) (laughs) You need to
2: take a phone or something. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Pastor, I didn't want to lift you up, but you've been a big, big help to our family. Good example what do you call it, being very good with Matthew and Sean in in church, just as a father figure today.
0: Well, I love your boys. I love them very much. Thank you for that. And I'm a proud father here today. I will say I've got two of my children here today on my front row. I'm always proud to have them home. Yeah. (laughs) And my other one, he may be watching today in in North Carolina. Hey, Cameron. Good to see you. Thank you for texting me this morning. I love you back. Happy Father's Day to me. So, All right, well, I want to move on to Mr. Frank. And um, again, we're just going to kind of go back and forth. But Frank, tell us about your upbringing.
1: Well, I have to say um, my dad was an awesome man. Uh, And it's very emotional for me because, first of all, he was a hell on wheels, so to speak, <laughs> him and his brothers. And when he finally got drafted to go to the Marines, uh, it was like the right place for him. I'm um, gonna say the best place, but the right place for him. And when he came out, they actually wanted him to stay in there and be uh, a drill sergeant. And as you know, when you see these movies of drill sergeants, you can imagine you know, how aggressive he was. And so, when I finally got to the age where I could start working, which was, for him, it was, I think, six or seven. <laughs> and so, and I'm thankful for that at the same time because he taught me to start working. And by the time I hit 11 years old, I could pull motors, transmissions, rebuild them. Uh, these big tires that you see on monster trucks, but bigger and heavier, uh, he taught me how to do that. and. I'll say this. He taught me how to be a man of my word, never to give up, no matter what, and taught me how to work. Um, we did have some great times because I felt like we worked all the time, but we had great times because we went fishing a lot. You know, we didn't talk a whole much. He wasn't a very outspoken, I love you kind of a person and that kind of stuff. He was more of a drill sergeant, you know, and... Um, I learned a lot from him when it came to that and I'm so thankful for that. You know, it was like, if it wouldn't have been for that, I wouldn't be the man I was today. You know, I left school, uh, I think ninth grade after being there for three years and because one of the things that he did teach me was to fight. (laughs) And so as I was in the streets a lot, uh, I got connected, not part of, but connected to a lot of gangs and and end up fighting a lot and it got me in a lot of trouble. And uh, one thing he always told me, he's like, I'm gonna tell you what, because he was a very short man. And my mom and them used to say that uh, my father was actually Ronald McDonald, because we went there a lot and I'm so much taller than him. But you know, it was, <laughs> right? <laughs> Don't be laughing. But um, he, as he taught me how to fight and defend myself, uh, I started to like it and he started to enjoy the idea that I was actually standing up for myself. So it became a thing for me to enjoy, to want to make him happy. Who wants to make the father happy, you know? And so I started doing that. And it, I'll, I'll say it took me in the wrong direction. But regardless of that, he still gave me everything I needed, everything I needed for the future of what was to come. And, you know, Thank God I met my wife eventually, and she actually pulled me out of that, you know. Uh, I make fun of her because I told her, I said, I, always, I, I grew up as a low rider cholo, you know, and I always thought I was going to marry a cholo girl. <laughs> yeah, right? And, and it's funny because— You did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. A white cholo girl, A white right? cholo. <laughs> Well, I say that, but you know, she's got some African-American attitude in there. I know that. <laughs> you know, she, she gets that head moving, you know. And But I, back to my dad, you know, um, I loved him so much and I wish he would have been more affectionate. And I learned the idea that, you know what, as, I, as we got married, I and my family, the men rule. And as in Chola world, the men rule. And so I thought I was in the right place doing what I was supposed to be doing. And, you know, we all had to pray for Tony because the first seven years she had to listen to me. And <laughs> that was tough. And, but, you know, he gave me a lot of great, great things to even move forward. You know, when I left school.
0: Great work ethic. Yeah, great yeah. work ethics
1: and, you know, not to give up and to be a man of my word. And that took me a long ways. Yeah. yeah. And so it kind of gives you a little bit. I can, here for another 30 minutes or, yeah. two or
0: two, but well, we'll go back and forth yes. here. I I I wanted everybody to kind of know their background, where they came from, their story, um, because I knew that it would relate to somebody in the building. There's all of you. Some of you maybe you had a great father. Some of you, again, like I said earlier, maybe your father was absent. Maybe he was there, but he was absent. Um, and I think one of their stories will relate to you. But let's talk about um, what are some struggles that maybe you had with the relationship with the Father? Were there any struggles uh, or things that you wish that maybe your dad had done to give more affirmation or more strength to you? Is there, I mean, again, you may have gotten that, but let's let's just talk, any one of you can talk about that.
4: I had a, I think a good father. He uh, taught us good work, at ethic I think always had us working. Basically, I remember one one Christmas we even went to work on a Christmas day. But that's the way he was. He always worked. Christmas day, man here, right? yeah. uh, Not the whole day, just a half of it. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but he was a really good father for, for, to me. Regret- regretfully, he died too young at sixty-seven just before my first son was born yeah,
0: but he was really good to me yeah. any struggles or anything that you wish that uh, maybe yeah,
4: it was it was a pretty good relationship we
0: had that's good yeah. and work ethic is good Amen. boy that's pretty quiet in here Amen. my dad put a work ethic in us and and you know i mean we i used to complain about it when i was young like, my God, I mean, every time, it'd be Christmas morning, dad's out there working. Family be all in there waiting on him. He's, well, I'll be in a minute. And, or, or, you know, on a Saturday, it was mow the grass day, and we didn't have some small yard. <laughs> I think our ditch was almost a quarter mile long, it seemed like, and you put, you pushed a, ha- a push mower. We belled a lot of hay. We work, but you know what? Now I appreciate that, and I know my kids always kid me now. It's like, well, every time I spend time with Dad, he wants to work. (laughs) But at the same time, there's nothing wrong with a good work ethic rather than sitting in the house all day playing games. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me get back to the interview. Uh, Hello, somebody. Okay, go ahead.
2: Well, for me, you know, my biggest challenge was with for a huge part of my life, I didn't. I didn't move here until I was thirteen, and like I say, my parents were divorced for quite a while before that. Living single, single parent, and you know, before my mom remarried, um, there were just times where I just I, I knew my dad. We had somewhat, we had a relationship, but it just wasn't a strong relationship. You know, there were times that we didn't know where he was. There were times that we hadn't talked to him for weeks. There were times that, you know, holidays, You send us some clothes and send us some money for to buy different clothes and everything. But, you know, my mom mom obviously didn't want anything from him or need anything from him. So um, he was kind of absent in my life for many years. And so, you know, I know that there's a lot of parents especially that don't have their, that are, have been separated and whatnot. You know, they don't have that relationship with their biological child. And that was tough for me growing up. That was really tough. I loved my dad to pieces. And like I say, I would hop on a plane when I was eight, nine years old by myself just to come spend time with him, spend the summers with him. Cause I had, and my brother and sister, they, they sometimes they came along with me. But for the most part, it seemed like I was the one that was driving that relationship. You know, one of the toughest times in my life was when um, when he came back, he came to Nebraska to uh, visit and, you know, he pulls up and we run outside and, you know, I'm doing my best. I'm trying to pick up this suitcase and it was so heavy, I couldn't even pick it up, but I'm trying to move that suitcase back in and i just didn't understand i didn't know and i know it broke his heart i know it broke my mom's heart but i just didn't know so that was probably the biggest challenge for my stepfather probably the biggest challenge is we didn't give him a chance now we have a an incredible relationship but that was probably the Mm. biggest struggle was not having that relationship with my father and that was one of the things that i always said that I was gonna have with my kids no matter what, you know? And um, I know probably there's a lot of people that are living there right
0: now. I was fixing to ask you, how did that change your mindset when you became a dad?
2: It, it changed my mindset because I didn't want that for my kids, you know? Uh, Nancy and I have been together 31 years. We've been married for 25 years. Come on, years. man, come and, on. you know, it's just not giving up on my wife, not, not putting her, you know, just putting my family ahead of everything that I have going on is is I, I just did not want that for my kids. The way I felt like, where's that?
0: Yeah, that's great. That's great. Thank you for sharing, David. I know you were going to share. Just uh,
3: I forgot what I was going to say. Now <laughs> You were <what laughs> talking. That's such a good, a good story. <laughs> I, I got all involved in this story. Uh, you know, talking about regrets or, or things I think that could have been better. Uh, Probably similar to Shane. Uh, my dad was uh, excellent athlete. I mean, this guy—it was like growing up with Superman. Because you know, me being a kid, you know, I'd say you can't beat him in anything. But I mean, you know, just to give you an example, uh, my dad grew up. Uh, Frank was saying he grew up in the streets. My dad, you know, re- grew up in the streets too, but hung out in pool halls and stuff like that. And and, and he would tell stories, and my uncles would would confirm it that you know they be in the pool hall playing pool and he'd bet guys money, play with, beat him with a, uh, a broomstick, you know, stuff like that. So just kind of like an example of, of how he was, he was good at stuff. Uh, so, you know, anyway, so I think, you know, when I'm talking about regrets, I think uh, sometimes uh, he's so competitive. I mean, goodness, man, just calm down a little bit. You know, when I was a little <laughs> kid, 10 years old, you know, you know, just three pointers, bang, bang, bang. And I, I don't have a shot, you know, I, it helped me to be competitive too, uh, but I think it was a little overkill, uh, so I think he could have lightened up uh, on the competitiveness and you know let let the ten year old win every once in a while, help us ego and <laughs> <laughs> let me win a game dad you know.
0: that's good that's good Frank Well, I have to
1: say, I think the couple big struggles with my dad that you know he didn't show the affection you know that. You know we need as kids you know um, what you expect from your father and that was tough because I never really showed it to my kids as they started to grow up I was like be the man the drill sergeant kind of a thing and of course with my wife as well and so that was tough but also even the worth ethics when you said that's great but he taught me to work and work was more important than my family and he I got that from him and it took a lot to get that out. and so I think that probably the, the hardest part was to be able to even voice anything to him. You know, it was his way, he was the right way and regardless if it was wrong or not, I couldn't say anything and that was tough uh, because, what? let's put it this way, I felt like that's the way you're supposed to be and that's the way I was and it worked for me, but it didn't work for my wife and it didn't work for my kids and it brought problems you know in our family you know especially with my kids you know especially with my son you know because well, you gotta be a hardcore man and that's what i pushed him to be and so that's probably the the biggest struggles i had with that and i had to learn to change you know and I, it was funny because my dad never talked about god and didn't believe in god well he did believe in god but he never talked about it either and so you know one of the things that I would always say to myself, I says I have a purpose. I have a, I have a reason to be here and it's something big and I don't know what it is. And that drove me to do what I needed to do where it basically it what drove him, this drove me. And I didn't know what it was and I know it wasn't to change tires forever. You know <laughs> I'm like, please Lord, please don't let it be forever. But some of the struggles that I dealt with on that part.
0: Well and I know that we're 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 trying to rush through. You, you guys have got a lifetime of stories here. Um, I, I'm real familiar with Frank a little bit more. We've spent a lot of time together. And I know, Frank, that you're very cautious even to share some of the things that happened even in the later years with your dad. Um, you know, there was a little bit of a struggle, a distance that happened. And um, I, I don't know how much you want to share of that, but just share a couple minutes of that.
1: Well, you know, like I said, his way was the right way. And 2016, I think it was, God said, you know what? You're going to start your own business. And what you're going to do is take your dad's, because he didn't have his own business, you're going to take his business name, which is his name, and move forward. And this was going to happen. So I was like, okay. So I called my dad and told him, you know, that this is what God's telling me. I'm going to take your name. He goes, well, that's funny because I'm fixing to go retire the name right now. And I thought, well, come on, let's go together and we'll do it. So in that uh, year and a half, two years, uh, trying to get started, waiting on God's timing to make it happen, um, all of a sudden, our relationship went south because even, I can't even remember how old I was, you know, it has been four or five years ago, um, it was his way. And even though I was as old as I was, you know, 40-something years old, um, he still wanted to control it. And our relationship went south to the point where verbally he would beat me up constantly and trying to figure out what to do. So long story short, um, I had to choose to stop talking to him because he was hurting me to the point where I was on a roller coaster constantly. Trying to respect him as being the father and the man. And I still did but I was at the point where I was just so emotionally broken because I'm like, I'm 40 something years old. Why are you talking to me like a kid? And so the next two years, we did not talk. And his health went south because he, he drank a lot. And I think it, the drinking messed up kidneys or whatever it messes up. And all I wanted for him was to receive Christ. Remember, we never had that relationship where I could talk. So I thank God I was able to bring my mom to Christ and she told me she loved me once, but my dad never did it. And, you know, I know he believed in it and was hoping for it. And at the end of his life, you know, I was like, Pastor James, (laughs) I want you to go in there because what matters to me is he gets to heaven. And he went in there and long story short he came out and told me you need to go in there you need to go in there and see him regardless and I'm like the last thing I wanted on my mind was a rejection from my father. Come on, Frank. I went in there he saw me and he smiled and I told him I loved him and he smiled again and God told me there's there's the I'm sorry you know and that meant the world to me. And I'm so thankful for that.
0: I'll say this, thank you Frank for sharing that. I know it's hard. <laughs> I'll say this, uh, I saw the struggle between the relationship and him and his dad and how much it impacted Frank, Frank being a close friend of mine. And knowing his dad was pretty hardcore man, you never knew what he was gonna say, because he was saying some very hurtful things there towards the end. But he ended up in the hospital and I told Frank, I'm gonna go, I'm, I mean, we, we get one chance of this. And I didn't know whether I walked in there, whether because his dad knew who I was, but I didn't know if I was gonna get rejected. <laughs> but I went in there, and boy, when he looked up, and looked at me, his eyes got real big, like he couldn't really speak, he was he was just had some things, uh, you know, his health-wise. Um, and I said, Mr. Gavin, I said, you know who I am, and he just just kind of did this. And I said, I know you can't speak, but you know you're not doing well. And the doctors are, you know, not giving you much help. But I came in here to tell you that, first of all, your son loves you more than you could ever imagine. And secondly, I want to make sure your heart's right with God. I said, can I pray for you? And I thought, you know, I didn't know what I was going to get from this man. He had a mouth on him, right, Frank? He had a mouth on him. And he, he just kind of nodded. I took him by the hand, and I led, led him in the salvation prayer right there in that hospital bed. And then I, I said, you know, your, your son loves you, and all he, all he wants is your love all he wants and I that's when I after I got through walked out of there and told Frank you need to go in there and I think God restored that relationship in the very end even at the last so I, I praise God for that thank you for sharing Frank
1: I will, I will say this through all of that I knew he loved me He just couldn't share it and so I want to remind you all you kids guess what, they might not say it, but they do love you. And that meant a lot to me that I knew he loved me regardless that he didn't say it.
0: Moving on real quick. How has your relationship with God impacted you as a father? What
3: changed? How long do we have? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'll start. and. Uh, I'll just say that uh, uh, my wonderful wife Sarah uh, had been going to church for a while. I wasn't doing everything right, you know. I'd come to church sometimes, and uh, there was certain weekends, uh, you know, I could feel God pulling on me, but I was like, hey, you know, I'm having fun. I'm doing what I want to do, you know. Anyway, uh, so she she was uh, we would I come to church with her, and then when she would serve, I would say, well, I'm going to stay home. The Texans are going to play. I'm going to get ready for the game, you know. Uh, anyway, so what, what, what the change was already starting to happen, um, but one of the things that that was a big tug on my heart is my son Dom. I get chucked up. Ooh, I love my kids, man. Anyway, uh, so he was coming to church. I, I think he was in junior high at the time, and uh, and I found out that when he was coming to church, he was sitting with another family because he didn't have, you know, Sarah was serving, and you know. I wasn't here, so he's sitting with another family. And when I found that out, I was like, Dude, what am I doing? You know? So that was a big change in my life that I need to step up. And that was started the you know, the, the big ball rolling of God's always been calling me and like I told you guys earlier, my grandfather had me in church. I knew what I was supposed to be doing, but I just wasn't doing it. Uh so my son Dominic, handsome young man sitting sitting down there, uh, he was part of the, the, the process of me changing. I always wanted to be a good dad, but I wasn't so focused on being a godly dad. So now there you I, go. I, I'm trying to focus on that. Yeah. I mean, I've been focused on it but that's what I think of. Yeah. <laughs> Love my kids.
0: I want to say to all the, the, the kids or the, even the young people in this room, you do make a difference in your parents' life. You see, you're hearing a testimony of two dads already that said, I'm here because my child. Don't think you don't have an impact on your dad. Amen? I, I can back
4: that up, too. Some of, the, some of the weeks when we didn't feel like coming to church, my sons would say, we're going, and we end up coming. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. I think for me, um,
2: the biggest change is I've always thought about what is my legacy going to be with my kids? There you what go. are they going to think about me when, when I'm with, with, with the Lord? um i'm called home basically so i've always my 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 biggest change has been just thinking about what are they gonna say about me when i'm gone and trying to live those days you know to you know i, I love them so much and I you know i can be a hothead sometimes but at the same time you know i, I we've always had a good relationship I, um, I just always think my biggest thing is I've always think about my legacy with my kids. What do they think about me? What are they gonna say about me? Um, and, and just having that close relationship with God, I've been able to. He, I mean, God talks to me. You know, God. Yesterday I had to sing a, a church song with my to my daughter, and you know, for that coming out of me, the guy I used to be. You know, singing church songs you know but yeah i think that's just just really not being ashamed to show that god is number one in my life yeah. I, I, just,
3: I just wanted to say one more thing to add on to what shane was saying it's like the legacy right and, and frank I, you know he, he he helps me out a lot and we, we've talked a bunch over the years but one of the things he told me a long time ago is is uh you know frank talked about you know Alcoholism in his family and I have you know issues with my family for generations uh, You know I can be the thing that or, or the turn in the road to make that change so they don't end up like you know the, the past You know you can make the legacy different, you know, or you can change it. So that that's just what I wanted to say
0: So good so good guys Appreciate you sharing that it's so important that we leave a legacy you matter And uh, you have you're taking your responsibility of leading your family to the house of God. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I'll just say this: I mean, I I know there will be times, you know, when your kids can kind of get older, and sometimes they they won't want to go to church with you. And and I know my I got two two of them here today, but they will probably say, "Well, I don't feel like going today." And I said, "Well, we're going." I have to be there. I am the pastor. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're going. <laughs> that's our saying in our house.
4: As a, as a, me and my house, we shall serve the Lord.
0: Yeah. That's,
4: that's our saying. Big saying, saying in our house.
0: Being committed. And, I, I man, there's so much we can still talk about. But I, what do you think is the importance of your commitment to your wife? What does that say to your kids?
2: I know that my it's just it's it's immense. I see my my kids, and they see me and me and Nancy. We work together. You know, we're together all the time. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like I'm going to the office. You can stay home, but <laughs> but <laughs> but um, our kids. I think they they really see our commitment to each other. Um, they you know, we always try to have that solid front and, and just always support each other, you know. Um, it, it's just immeasurable just showing your kids and the relationships, even the relationships they have with their friends that are boys and girls. But <laughs> 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 I don't call them boyfriend, girlfriend. <laughs> I call them a friend, with a boy. I don't say boyfriend, girlfriend. Your friend, that's a girl. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But even in their relationships, um, we see the impact of um, me and Nancy. It's, it's, you know, the amount of time my daughter has been with her friend, that's a boy. Um, (laughs) You know. it's we know that it's come from her steadily seeing seeing us you wrap it up <laughs> 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 we know that it's it's because of you know the relationship that Nancy and I have had over the years, and through the good, through the bad, you know we always stay together and stick together, and I think that's huge
0: Yeah. yeah The reason I asked that question is because even even this week I heard another story because I know we live in a world where You know, there's broken homes and, um, you know, and I know there's some of you here and this is not to belittle anybody, just to encourage you the importance of having a home where they see committed spouses together. Um, It's a strong, it's a foundation. We're building uh, for our children and, um, you know, but here's the thing, I've also seen God restore where there has been brokenness, and that's the hope in this room, amen? God will restore a foundation, um, but they want to see a committed dad. There's nothing like me seeing my dad love my mom. There's nothing like me knowing that my dad wasn't looking around. He wasn't going to be gone. I knew he was going to be there and love my mom no matter what. And that built a strong confidence in me as a young man, and showed me what faithfulness looks like. And I just want to remind all the dads, it's important how you love your wife. And all the ladies say, and ladies, before you get jump on the bandwagon, (laughs) it's important to be faithful to your husband and love him. Amen. Amen. God put you together as one, to be that, that cornerstone for your children. And it's important dads, that you show the affection to your wife because it's, it's teaching your kids how to love. Amen. It's funny you
1: say that because me and my wife have been married this year 33 years. Yeah. And it's been a long road, we got married very young. And, thank, and we knew God was in it, obviously, because, you know, I was a pain in the butt back then. But one thing I can definitely say, my kids knew. They knew I loved my wife. And we I mean, used to tell my wife, I love you more than you love me. There's no question about it. she said, why you say that? she said, well, I'm just like constantly paying attention to her, uh, constantly. I mean, my kids would tell, probably once a week or twice a week, go get a room. Like we do, <laughs> but you keep knocking on it, you know? <laughs> And so that's one thing, you know, with my dad and what he taught me is not giving up. And he he might have not completely showed my mom the affection that I saw, but with the idea of, of loving my wife the way I love her and just not giving up on the marriage and giving everything I had, that's one thing I could say that, you know, I did very, very well. You know, uh, she's, she even tells me when she passes that... Uh, just make sure you don't bring the wife to the funeral, you know. And I, because I'm so needy and attention, I said, "Don't worry, I'll let her sit in the car, wait for her afterwards," you know. But I have to say this on the spiritual part: when you said what you said, the idea that once, I, you know, because of my dad, on the idea of teaching me not to give up, when God got a hold of me, I wanted to give everything I possibly can to God and in the within the first year and a half i mean i was trying to be holier than holy you know and uh, i didn't understand the part of it this is where the work ethic or even the part of doing what was important but not understanding the family part of it and one day we were driving down down the uh, 2920 in front of the church probably about a year afterwards and my daughter victoria she's smiling because she knows and she changed me on this part because she was in the back seat, and this guy kind of cut me off. And, and when I say he got close, he was close, but it wasn't. It didn't scare me because I was all about road rage back then, still. And uh, I, I kind of gave like beep. And boy, he he told me how much of a number one person I was, and I just <laughs> smiled. I just kind of smiled at him and waved. And my daughter in the back seat. And this is what changed me to the point of realizing, you know what? It's important that I'm showing what what needs to be, how it needs to be, not do what I say, but do what I do. There you and go. She said Dad, that man is so lucky, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" She goes, "Because if that was the old you, he'd be in the ditch parking lot by now." <laughs> 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 and that opened my eyes to the fact that I realized, you know what? I need to be the godly man to my, my, my kids and show it. And they'll see it too. Not just do it for church and God only, but also there. And that, that changed me. And then I had a cousin tell me, I was like, why am I having so much problems with my son? She goes, well, this is going to hurt, but can I tell you? I'm like, well, please tell me. And she goes, well, it's funny because everybody else in the church and in the world sees God but he don't see God in you. And I have to say that that hurt probably the worst because I realized the idea that the reason he was just rejecting me is because the idea that even though I was being godly, I wasn't showing him what it was to be godly. Those two things changed my life.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, I know we're running out of time. Um, and we're going to wrap this thing up here. But how important is it, Dads, to tell your kids how much you love them, and affirm them, and it's and i I'll, you've heard me say this how important it is to speak over their lives, that you have a prophetic voice as the priest of your home to speak over the lives of your children. Maybe you didn't, you know, some of you God's changed you right in the middle of all this, mm-hmm. things that maybe you missed out on when you were, they were young. Um, but how important is it to affirm your kids, even, even when they get older?
3: So I think that, uh, like you were saying earlier about the confidence, um, I think when you uh, embrace and put your arms around them and tell them you love them, you know, not just the passing by, not just the goodbye, you know, as the, as the ritual, but hey man, I'm looking you in the eyes and pulling them close and I love you. It gives them confidence that. that uh, you know, that, that they, they matter and, and they have a place and, and you, they are important to somebody and, and, and they can, you know, uh, go out and face the world. I think it's, it's, it's crucial that, that you're hugging and loving on your kids. You have to, um, that's, that's, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's the only way to do it. You have to do it.
0: And aren't you affirming what a heavenly father looks like to them? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Peter.
4: It's very important that you tell them that you love them because we have parents that were brought that way that didn't tell us that. We knew that they loved us, but they didn't tell us. They just showed by their, their action. But it's very important for us to tell them because it, it, it creates a bond closer to, 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 the, to both parent and
2: kid.
0: Yep, you're right. You're right, absolutely. I think our
2: kids are watching everything we do nonstop. They see everything that you're doing, whether it's good or bad. And, you know, just in your actions um, with your kids, in front of your kids, around your kids, you know, and just being a man and, and being the head of your household, it's just so important that they know that you love them. Um, we all have an open, really open relationship in our house. and. I'm I'm very honest. I'm brutally honest at times, but I think that's got our kids where we are because I talk to them. I remember, hey, I'd rather have a spanking, Daddy. I don't want the lecture, but uh, (laughs) 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 so you know. But they know. We sit down and I explain to them why we can't do that or why this or why that. Very good. And just you know. Just letting them know I'll sit out there and I'll hug on my son because I just love him to death and and I want him to know that so when he grows up he can do the same Um, but yeah it's just so important that they know you love them and that they know they can come to you with anything I always told them I don't care what the subject is I don't care what the kids are talking about if there's something that you want to know come and ask me and your mom I don't want you getting information from somebody about something. And we all know in this day and age, there's, there's all kinds of things that are in front of these kids. So um, they always know that they can come and talk to us. They know that there's, we won't judge them or we won't um, be like, what are you talking about? You know, that's not, we're gonna be, again we're always gonna give you the honest. I'm gonna give you the real every time, 100%. So that right there in itself, just shows them how much i love them and i think that built their confidence and that build their relationship build our relationship
0: awesome
1: well i felt like god was quickening my spirit because i'm like what did my dad in you know affirm in me and god's like you know what he constantly believed in me that i could do the work and never give up and constantly be the man I'm, i needed to be and i could be that he might have not showed me the love and all that, but he affirmed those things to the point that that I grabbed a hold of him and I, and I never let go. And if he wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't be the man that I needed to be for Christ and for my family. And so it's, I think that goes to show you that how important it is to affirm your kids because it depends on what you affirm them in is what they're going to hold on to, you know, and, I think it's important that not only all of those things, but also affirm the idea that, guess what? They are a child of God and they can create, they can be great, you know? And I'll say this, you're my spiritual father. (laughs) And if it wasn't for God and Pastor James affirming the idea that, you know what? A third grade reading level type person, school, unschooled fisherman, so to speak, that we can do great things for God, I would have never done it. And so I thank you for affirming that part of it.
0: I'm grateful. I love you, Frank. Love all of you men. I, I, I'll say one last thing, and that is what do you want to you say to your kids today? Just real quick, like, what's something you want to say to your kids?
4: I love all of my kids,
2: dearly. All right. I just wanna let them know how proud I am of them, how proud I am of both of them. They never given me any trouble. Just, I love you guys and just, y'all just have no idea. Well, I think you do, but y'all have no idea.
0: No trouble? Y'all give them no trouble? We're gonna adopt you, okay? We're gonna (laughs) take you home. I have to say that,
1: first of all, of course, I love all of you, but I know That God's going to do something great with you. As soon as you surrender your life to him and and give him all of that, I know he's going to do great things in your life.
3: I just want to say, of course, I love all of my kids, uh, but um, life is hard, but God is always with you and don't give up.
0: And I want to say to my kids and my one hopefully he's watching I've prophesied over you since you were babies since you were born that God has a purpose and a plan over your lives he has a destiny and it's there for your taking and I know that every child in here has a destiny over their lives but I pray that you'll have ears to hear and eyes to see, and remain open that you'll begin to seek God for the destiny, because you were born for this time and for this season, and I know God's gonna use you if you'll let him. We're not born just to live. See, I'm telling you I'm speaking what I always tell them. You're not born just to live A a life. You're born to accomplish a purpose. And I say that to you again to remind you, even though you're getting older, Brittany's 24, Carter's almost 21, Cameron's 22. But the time and season is now for you to be used in this generation. And I speak the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon your lives that you have been called for this season. And I believe in you, and you're going to make a difference with your life. I love you very much. All my heart. Will y'all give these men a hand this morning for sharing part of their lives? Come on. Thank you, gentlemen, for much, much respect from your pastor here today. And I uh, appreciate you sharing some of your life and your testimony and hopefully it's been a blessing to some of you out there because we all come from different stories if you're a father in the house i'm going to do one last thing and that is i want to pray over you so i'm going to ask all the fathers would you come forward if i can get someone on the keyboard here with me i want to pray over you before we leave here today and brent will you bring my dad over here The center. Give me one of those microphones if you don't mind. Come over here, Dad. Come on, men, grandfathers. Look at these men. we got some fine-looking men in this place. My dad has been through some health issues the last couple of years. And I know sometimes he can't say what's really going on in his, in his mind. He, he's wanting to say it. That this terrible disease has has affected him, but he's still conscious of what's going on. The most important man in my life stands right here today. Not only teach me some of the physical things and how to be a man, but he taught me spiritual things. Which were the most important things that I always come back to because really in light of everything else, that's all that matters. And so... Dad, I don't know if you're able. If y'all will be patient with me for just a second, I want you to pray for these men. Can you do that for me?
5: I'll do my best.
0: I'll hold it for you if that helps.
5: Yeah, he's doing that on purpose. He knows that if so I get loose on this thing,
2: <laughs>
0: he might start preaching.
5: Can I turn around? Yes, you can
0: turn around. I want you to look these men in the face. I'll give you the mic.
5: First of all, I've never heard of a service like today. But thank you for staying. I, I would say that from my position as a, as a dad, I still wanna affect my children and my grandchildren now great-grandchildren. And I'm going to make another side comment. We've got a family sitting here, which is a part of my group. My brother's family that are working with children of perspective services and what you. And they've dedicated and got children in this service today Somebody has dedicated himself. I want you to bow your head. God, I know heaven is looking on this thing. There are men in this room that that I know have had counsel. That's fair.
0: I You're
5: going to tell off on me now. This is not about me today. <laughs> I didn't think I'd get that mic, and I may never get it again. You're <laughs> supposed to be praying. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, thank you. It's okay.
5: Amen.
0: Let me challenge you, men. You don't even know, but we're working on some things behind the scenes for the men's ministry, and it's taken it's it, it's taken some time to develop. But when when it happens, you're gonna it's gonna be an incredible thing for our church for all the men specifically. But I challenge you today, no matter where you've been, commit yourself to God, to God's house. How many of you would take a one-year challenge and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord? Come on, just give me a one-year challenge, man. If you'll do that, and when I say that, that means like days you don't feel like it. Weeks, you struggle. Be faithful for one year to bring in your family to God's house. Come in with your spouse if you're married. Bring your wife. Bring your kids. And not just come to church, but get connected somewhere. Be involved somewhere. Because you need another brother. I'm going to tell you, you need another brother that will make you accountable. Because we are independent. I know. I am one. But it's nothing like having somebody that genuinely cares about you speak into your life and you allow them to speak into your life because we need it. Amen. 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 And one year from now, if you'll dedicate yourself to God and to the the house of God, to your family, I promise you, you're going to be better than you are today. Amen. So I love each and every one of you. I'm proud of you. I want you to go out today. I want you to love on your kids and love on your wife. Enjoy this day, let them rub your feet, whatever your neck, whatever you know, feed you something, amen. God bless you and happy Father's Day to every single one of you. Have a great day. We'll see you back next week. Now, I could have talked about... Has changed so that's changed. That's real life. That, yeah, that's the that's the reality of, and it's worse. I mean.